You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all so much for being here with us as we are uh, once again bringing you the best entertainment we know how. And uh, thank you to all the new listeners that keep reaching out. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you all. And thank you to all the old listeners who are letting people know about the show. That really is awesome. And it means the world to us because you guys are spreading the word. And uh, remember, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, please just reach out to our email at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com and we'll get you on the show to tell your story. But today is going to be an amazing show, ladies and gentlemen. We're bringing back Marcel, who has been on the show once before. He's a member of the Lummi Nation in Washington State and has an incredible amount of insight and history research in the Sasquatch. So, we're going to dive back into that, and I hope you guys are ready because this is going to be a hell of a show. off with uh, experimenting with uh, my daughter's um, uh, pheromone uh, scent and um, I did it again you know and I when I sprayed the woods out I I basically emptied out the bottle you know so Mm -hmm. um, the next person I chose was my wife and so she uh, basically um had some several experiences because of that. <clears throat> she worked down the road about, I don't know, five miles down the road on the reservation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she worked for the Lummi, uh, community college, okay. the Northwest college. She was, uh, the, the dorm cook and, uh, the kitchen, uh, personnel. So she, 
uh, serve breakfast and uh, lunch and dinner. Wow. And so one night, um, I've been playing with these experiments for a little while already. And one night, um, she came home and said, um, hey, I heard a tree snap branch <laughs> at oh. the school behind the, the dumpster. Oh, oh. Um, she, she was taking out the garbage. <laughs> and there happened to be a big blackberry patch right next to the 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 college campus. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a fence and everything, and, uh, like a woodlath fence. And um, then there was a dumpster that had a, its own uh, fencing around it. <clears throat> and so when she was taking out the, the garbage, the cardboard, she had... Uh, and a uh, real loud snap, like a big branch had snapped right just behind the, the blackberry bush. <laughs> and so she uh, immediately let me know. And then uh, one another different night, she was uh, just basically uh, opened the back door and, and uh, put the garbage in the... Because we, I had moved our garbage bins right next to the back door. <laughs> so what she had to do is open the door, and there was the garbage can. So she opened the door and and uh, dropped the garbage in the bag in the can, and and she heard a big old tree snap. Bam! And I happened to be sitting in the the um, dining room eating uh, the dinner, and I I even heard it. I was like, oh sh! Wow. She was. Um, you know, this thing's been kind of becoming more and more uh, alerting me. It's out there because um, when she gets in the car in the morning to go off to work, mm-hmm. uh, she has to be there early in the morning to cook the, the students' breakfast in their cafeteria. And so you know, she leaves like when it's still dark out in the morning. And uh, it started getting a little more intense for her because – um, she could hear uh, trees moving around and stuff every time she went out to the car. Yikes. And uh, we basically, it looked kind of odd when you drove by our house because all the main vehicles that were being used were either backed up or just parked right next to the porch of the house. <laughs> <laughs> so none of us had to deal with that creature, you know, or run into it like, We've been told that this happened before in the, in the history there. Wow. And uh, so we were like just, it was a little bit different, you know, having to be aware of this thing that um, it's not supposed to exist, you know. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. So it was uh, a, a life-changing uh, way that how we had to, to live around the house and the yard and what we could do with our pets and what we couldn't do. Um, main thing was closing the curtains off every night, <laughs> making <laughs> sure they were always closed. And, now, is this when um, you're still in that, in that house where you sprayed all that around as well? The same location. Yeah. Okay. So when I would go spray, I'd go miles and miles down the road where, um, some of the, um, thermal, uh, sightings were where i was having thermal hits oh. and uh 
using that to attract it to the to the like the localize it so to speak like mm-hmm. get it to come to an area mm-hmm. and then uh, I you know I'd leave salmon smoked salmon deer some carcass carcasses uh-huh. and uh, just to um, kind of like you got to break the ice man if you're trying to do a long-term experiment mm-hmm. <clears throat> to it takes a lot of time and patience mm-hmm. and you just gotta keep doing repetitiously so you, you know you sharing were... food sharing food here yeah. and there changing yeah. it up letting it know that you can you know where it goes and you're bringing the food to these locations mm. and hopefully have a real pure uh face to face type of <laughs> man encounter in a nicer way though but oh, right. you know in a because uh, I never went out with weapons ever never that's that's not my intention. It was just to uh to really see uh, how smart they were. Um, I believe I had a lot of conversations with different researchers that we were observing, and and they have pretty cool uh, observant interests and mm-hmm. different uh, opinions. I like a lot of opinions. You sure. learn a lot from each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the stuff that I was encountering, I pretty felt like I should keep some of them to myself because their encounters were not like mine. Wow. Some okay. of them, most of them were not like mine and and I, I didn't wanna um, you know, come off across like, oh this guy uh he's having a lot of encounters. Well what, what, you know, I don't wanna be approached like that or seem like that. Sure. It was just uh, more of a personal thing for me, and um, it was uh, interesting to hear the different experiences that, like, like Adam had. Those are pretty cool experiences. I can only imagine, um, and uh, the different types of encounters many others have had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. The ones that I've learned about on my own were very special for me. Um, like, I can share this story. Um, it actually happened uh, not more than six, seven, well, nine years, I guess, oh. about now. Um, I had a relative who moved uh, home from Alaska, and he had some land on that Scott Road behind Emma Smith's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brian Vick. Uh, story about the Emma Smith's residence and um, he has property back there we're, in fact we're all re- relatives oh okay and my family happened to own the, the cemetery of Lummi Nation all the riverfront land that goes to the river and uh, goes up through Scott Road uh, this cemetery plot uh, land uh, and so <clears throat> where Emma Smith's house is behind that. It's just behind it, basically. And and uh, my cousin from uh, Alaska moved home. He had uh, funding to log off his property to, to install, like, a double-wide trailer. 
Mm. And so he put a double wide trailer on some stands, you know, and uh, called it home, you know, after being gone most of his entire life. Wow. And yeah, my cousin's a retired guy from a military branch and mm. he basically teaches at the college. And uh, he had moved home with his wife and his kids. His kids were like young adults. Mm-hmm. Everybody had cars and everybody had jobs. <clears throat> and so he built this nice place, had his place logged off, had all the logs um, stacked in a fashion where he can eventually just, you know, use a chainsaw and cut it all, buck it all up, you know. Sure. And um, so he had a nice organized log pile. And um, he had been there for probably a good year and a half. And he told me, you know, I learned this story. I learned uh, from my cousin that lives in front of him. And in this event, it actually happened that weekend that I uh, was at the sweat lodge with my relative. And that lives in front of my cousin from Alaska. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he told me I needed to talk to him. You need to go talk to him. You need to go talk to him. And uh, eventually I did. But in the beginning, the way I was explained to was um, my cousin plays for a high school, local high school uh, football uh, team. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's one of the uh, outstanding players. So um, when you happen to be a res, uh, res boy and you happen to be a, a really good player, and a lot of the... Um, the non-natives come and hang out with you. You know, you mm. become good friends. You develop friendships. Okay. While some of the um, friends that he had brought out to his property, they were uh, like country boys. They hunted four by four, you know, and so they were having fun at my cousin's land because he had a swamp. And, uh, you know, you turn a bunch of high school boys loose on a swamp and some four by fours. Mm-hmm. They created some trails. Sure. And so they had fun. And uh, so they were happened to be um, playing catch out front um, next to the road. And um, primitive land, you know, so there's no yard. Mm-hmm. You only got a dirt road in the main road. <laughs> you can you know, have a place to throw a ball at and throw around, you know. So they're out close to the road playing catch with their football. And uh, they heard some of these shrills that I was playing for you when, uh, mm-hmm. when we first uh, talked tonight. And um, so they were like, what the hell was that? You know, so uh, him and his ball club team members, they ran back. Because Randy, my cousin from uh, Alaska, he lived, you know, he put his dirt road through the road of my cousin Will's and it basically went back like a quarter of a mile or so, about like maybe two telephone pole lengths mm-hmm. back further. Primitive land, you know, all forest and swamp. And uh, so they heard this loud squirrel, man. And so they basically ran back and... Um, saw a guy on a t- laying down on the ground the chainsaw running 
Oh, jeez. Uh, my cousin had uh, actually had a stroke. Oh. And, um, or was it a heart attack? All, all he remembers is uh, waking up to a loud scream, like just blaring his eardrums out. Oh, wow. Basically, <clears throat> as he hit the ground, um, he was chopping wood, and he basically overexerted his old body and mm-hmm. hit the ground, and a Bigfoot was screaming around. We pretty much figured he was screaming around because my cousin was home all by himself. Mm-hmm. And um, to catch the attention of the the boys out in front, by up out in the front driveway, closer to the road. Because wow. <laughs> if uh, they never would have been out there playing football, they, nobody would have known that Randy had a, a seizure or a heart attack. Wow. And was was dying, and so um, when this all happened, uh, Will felt responsible because him and his friends went and tore up the the swampland in the back with their four by fours, mm-hmm. and cut like several cedar trees down, which are really sacred to us coastal Indians. There, sure, we we never harvest a cedar tree unless um you're using it for certain purposes you know okay so most cedar trees are sacred for us uh, coastal salish indians okay and uh, because it provides clothing and whatnot right so <clears throat> these end boys they they uh made four by four trails with these cedar logs they cut like a patch of cedar trees down and used the the logs to um, to make uh, trails and stuff, and so that pissed off the Bigfoot. Yeah, and uh, that weekend, that Sunday night, that they got done playing all weekend, their trucks and creating trails. Um, Will and his mom and his dad had a real bad encounter that night. Uh, Bigfoot came created his own trail and I got pictures of all this stuff because uh-huh. uh, I was called right right when it happened okay right the day the day after I had to go look <clears throat> but the police had already been there and everything what had happened is uh, will and his mom and, and you know his dad's pretty ill right at that moment you know and uh mm-hmm. They all lay down, they go to sleep, you know, about like uh, midnight. He says uh, he got woke up because the whole trailer shook. Oh. And uh, what had happened, and they have a double wide trailer too. Mm-hmm. And so in the back of the residence is uh, blackberry brush. And uh it's grown right up close to the house, arm's length away, basically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's uh, primitive land, you know, so it's just wildernessy there. Sure. And so what happened is uh, Will woke up and because his dad and mom was screaming, you know. And I got pictures of all, all the damage and stuff. What had happened is the Bigfoot had came to the back gable end of their mom and dad's bedroom uh, uh, 
the gable end of these trailers had no windows on that on that gable end, so okay, it basically reached up and tore the siding off the trailer trying to get in. Oh my god! And, and as uh, it was trying to get in, every time it would go to rip another sheet of uh, siding off, um, they said things were just flying off the wall from one side of the trailer to the next. Oh. They were screaming for their life because the trailer was kind of buckling. Oh, man. There was like, they all ran into the center of the trailer, grabbed shotguns that had no bullets. <laughs> they, were like, they, they, were, they were armless. They had no uh, defense mechanism. And uh, they all ran into the center of the trailer into the bathroom there and uh, called the 911 for the, the, the cops to come. They only live like, geez, I guess about four city blocks away from the, the local police station. So they're really fairly close by. Uh-huh. And so um, the Lummi police men... Um, Pedro is his name. He's a, a Chehalis Indian from Canada. He's a law enforcement officer who happened to be uh, working for the Lumination Police Department. And uh, he responded to the call. And under legalities, he's not really supposed to share much or anything with me. Sure. Yeah, um, because it, I'm not the victim, you know? Right. Yeah. HIPAA laws or something like that. But um, he um, he knew what I what I did for Lummi Nation. He knows he knew that I was kind of a big deal in the Bigfoot thing, you know, on our reservation up there. Mm-hmm. And, um, he knew I was a good guy, so he allowed me certain information to have. Right. And so going through uh, the victim which was my relative, uh, they allowed me to see the evidence that he had collected because he had taken a foot casting, a footprint of of, uh, the individual that stood in the back of the trailer beating it in. Um, Pedro says when he came in, he came in hot. He said, I came in hot, rolling lights on, you know, and, Mm -hmm. Flooring the engine, you know, he, he got there as fast as he could because he knew it was an elder in trouble. Right. So he pulls in all hot. He goes to all, all his spotlights were all already on. And mm-hmm. as soon as he pulls into the yard, he sees this uh, nine foot hairy man run from the back of the residence straight down the road, the dirt road going back towards Randy's place into uh, the tree side or the tree line that borders the swamp that's just on the other side. And uh, he basically, when he saw that, he already knew what it must have been, already who the perpetrator was. (laughs) He said, (laughs) I already knew who the perpetrator was when I saw that thing running out from behind their house and when he got there, nobody was, they were all screaming. He said, they're all in a panic mode, man. It, they had to go stay at a hotel that night to come, you know, be able to <laughs> help them uh, get through their night, you know. And, uh-huh. and 
apparently they didn't come home for a couple of days after that. <laughs> I don't blame them. Because, my God, even when your house is even buckling because of that, that's no protection, you know? No. And, uh, and I, I happened to share that story that I read from the Brian Vick project with Emma Smith, whose house was just several hundred feet away from this from this trailer. <laughs> and he, he, you know, that was his great auntie, Emma Smith. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they never really got to meet because they were um, living up in their uh, um, Alaskan residence. Sure. There's a lot of history between Alaska and Lumination. Mm. Um, so basically, uh, they never get to be told by their great auntie, this is what happened at my house. <laughs> they tried to break in the back door and... You know, so. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal Store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal, and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do, and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. Before these incidences had happened, um, I was telling him that there, you know, his great auntie had some some stuff that was written by a novel writer, mm-hmm. and I'd share some of the literature with him because I had downloaded, I think, a, a picture of the page that Brian Vick had wrote, or what Emma Smith had wrote in, oh. asking uh, for help from Brian Vick, mm-hmm. and. Um, so I think he did go out and do some experiments or something or um, exploring there. And mm-hmm. Emma Smith ended up uh, getting a tribal home when they start building HUD homes. So she didn't have to live on her property. She didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Want to. She basically, uh, they built like residential areas like <laughs> called the hood, you know, <laughs> like a village type setting of homes. Sure. Yeah. You do kind of feel a little more protected being around more people around you. Yeah, yeah. Be the only house on the road, <laughs> down the road. <laughs> yeah. And a good friend of mine um, ended up moving in that house. He was a carpenter, so he had remodeled it. And um, not many years after he had moved into it, something paid his house a visit and um, took the chickens stripped the chicken coop, took the chickens. Uh, he had several dogs taken and 
Oh, man. He had an idea of what it was and who it was, but he just forcefully said, I'm staying, man. You ain't going to oh. drive me off. Wow. So, And that's, if you talk to a lot of the older guys, um, where they live, because some of them live deep in the woods too still, mm. um, that's the way they had to be, become. Yeah. Um, so in that, there's a little space. And um, every now and then I was getting calls um, to come and check stuff out. Hmm. <clears throat> um, I had been featured on TV a little bit. Hmm. Um, a lot of the residents um, started to, uh, hey, he's the go-to guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, talk to Marcel. I made a couple of videos with uh, some of the, the community members mm-hmm. and they asked me to participate. I was a little shy at first. I wasn't ready for this type of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little shy and, and um, because of who they were and how they asked me, I, I, I had to, you know, I had to volunteer mm-hmm. and, uh, because this is for them, you know. Right. I had a group of kids that were entering into a a youth film festival in Sacramento, or San Francisco, and um, this group of Lummi community children that came and asked me, and uh, so I, I had to for them, you know. So we did a little um, cute little video, you know. I took them back to some of the places where. Mm-hmm. Can actually go, but I told him, you know, go as a group. Never come here alone. Hmm. Um, you can leave your food items here, you know, and um, it'll get to know you eventually. You come here enough times, and if you're really serious about meeting Bigfoot personally, <laughs> this is what I would do, you know, and it would be in a good way sure. because, you know, sharing. Because this spot here is the gifting spot, I told him, mm-hmm. um, where it showed me to come and gift. So I I did, and at first I was spectacle about it, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, man, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And over time it just, uh, it, it it won me over, you know, so leaving things and, and, and gift sharing and, mm-hmm. you know, those little rocks and stuff that were oddly placed, uh, you know, I know that it was like a little friendship memorabilia type thing yeah yeah uh, i ended up eventually getting more comfortable and going deeper and then deeper (laughs) because at first i was scared as hell man i was one scaredy cat guy man oh yeah i was frightened i i was in shock for i don't know how many months and weeks i was having nightmares waking up in a sweat um, just like running in my dream and, and then running away from mm-hmm. what actually is part of my culture. Sure. Is what my elder in the sweat lodge had finally, the more I went to this medicine doctor, the more I started to feel at ease. And then we started asking, well, why is it cho- chosen you? You know, why is he coming to, to wake you up? Why is he waking you up? Mm-hmm. Why is he touching? Why is he coming to you to, to wake you up? Uh, maybe I was going down the wrong path. Because <laughs> yeah. I was 
becoming very indulged in my business, uh, entrepreneurship. I bought a semi truck and I had a business going. I was growing my semi company and, um, it was, uh, I was, I'm very fortunate to have what I had and experience the things that I got to, but yeah. it brought me back to my culture. It's like, wow, that's not for you. All that financial freedom stuff is not for you. Mm. This is for you, man. Mm-hmm. This is going to touch you more than that is. And that's what actually it did. It, it found a little spot in my heart and just yep. and woke me up to it, you know, and yeah. to who I come from, to where uh, I came from. Mm-hmm. And uh, I belong to a, a great people. That, yeah. that lived at one time and and I can't help what blood runs through my veins so I have to learn to f- flow with it man so that my is... dad was a shaman my uncles are shamans my aunties are all shaman mm-hmm. uh, I was not able to get in 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 uh, inducted into the shamans mm-hmm. um, community. And it's an ancient community, mm-hmm. a lot of good teachings and a lot of family everywhere. Mm-hmm. You learn who the bloodline is and where they're at oh, of cool. the whole Northwest. It's amazing. But all this uh, experience with the Bigfoot really brought me back to like learning, uh, relearning my culture even more <laughs> and uh, using my culture to enhance the experiences that I've had in different regions. So, cause uh, the information I took from the illumination experiences there, when I came here to San Diego, I was like, all right, man, I'm done with all that. I don't <laughs> have to worry about nobody taking my kid or my pets anymore. Right. I cannot use my backyard here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, when I came here, I stretched out, I got comfortable and, Mm-hmm. And so I relocated down here to San Diego to my mom's property. And um, so we stretched out here, got comfortable. I got bored. I still had all this thousands of dollars of equipment just sitting in a suitcase, <laughs> not doing anything. Uh-huh. I was almost going to give it away at one point Oof. to some Bigfoot researcher. Uh-huh. Uh, I just about did. I almost did. And, um, but I ended up opening it up, putting some fresh batteries in her and mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe I'll, man, I'm going to go for a drive tonight. <laughs> I, I live down here, uh, just below the Palomar mountain observatory. Okay. <clears throat> I never knew there was stories about Bigfoot down here until I moved here and, uh, met Matt Moneymaker and, uh, he introduced me to his website, which has awesome knowledge but the bigfootology um Redmond Mulis Jr. Professor Redmond um he offered a lot of information for me too and if it wasn't for him I would have never um doing some uh real good research with those guys and um we found hairs with those guys we found hairs and down there uh, a little shelter and um he was a real, he's a legit, Bigfootology is a legit site. 
Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in i got a question for you though i'm um, going back to when you were up in in the lummy nation and you were you were uh well the the term habituating gets used a lot nowadays as far as leaving gifts and getting gifts and i gotta ask did you ever uh because i've heard the horror stories of people that have done that, even whether they intentionally or unintentionally, they would, you know, be leaving things for Bigfoot, Bigfoot would be taking it. And then there would come a time like, Hey, you know, let's go on a vacation. They go, and then they come back and that area is just, you know, like destroyed, like they, cause they came and the gifts weren't there. Has it ever happened to you? You know what? As you were telling me that I'm reflecting back when I left Lummi nation uh-huh. My cousin saying, Bigfoot must be looking for you because trees are smashed everywhere, man. <laughs> you go down to Chief Partner on your trees are laying across the road. You can't go down that road. Wow. And then, I mean, uh, Shore Road was blocked off just down by your house. It started pushing a bunch of trees over by your house. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's come back to my house, his house, he said, a couple of times. Because remember, I was telling you before I left, I had was speaking into the woods. Hey, I'm getting ready to leave, man. Mm-hmm. I need to introduce you to my cousin. Mm-hmm. You should follow me. So I start throwing chunks of um, some of the food gifts that I know it knows I'm the only one that would believe that oh. because, you know, I had a um, professor Retman Muse Jr., told me about uh, doing uh, psychological um, experiments with it, correlation experiments, Mm -hmm. Uh, doing like, so I, I learned a lot about uh, some of those experiments that were being performed on Bigfoot from other researchers in other places. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make mine friendship with the creature to be, uh, a very unique one. I'm the guy that's spending all this money to feed you that stuff because <laughs> no one else would spend that kind of money to just throw that away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it knew I, that I was the one leaving these smoked salmon gifts. Mm-hmm. Salmon, the, the raw salmon, the, mm-hmm. a bunch of piles of salmon, and deep forest type stuff. Wow. <laughs> and so when I had left Lummy, there was trees being pushed down. It was like, <laughs> I guess just within a week after I left, it real must have realized this guy's <laughs> gone. This guy's gone, and sure. we're gonna look for you know, like wow, I was amazed. Now, when you just told me about what you just said, now that just brings me back to that. Yeah, man, you know. Um, when I came down here, to, uh, there were so many things up in me I want to share from the experimenting with uh, my wife and my daughter's fluids mm-hmm. uh, to it, tracking them down and type stuff, man. 
<laughs> that's when I was like, oh, man, that really works. So um, I put those tools away for the moment for up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, down in um, – when I came down to uh, Paula here, I, I was flying back at least maybe twice a month. Oh, I had okay. to mow the yard here because oh. yeah, I had a brand-new house built down here in San Diego. Oh, nice. And I didn't have no landscaper company or anything to take care of my place. And oh. It's all brand new. So <clears throat> we took it took like a whole year for us to move here flying, uh, physically with everything. I had so much stuff to move and mm-hmm. had to get rid of, you know. Um, it sure felt better being out of the woods, though, man. I, <laughs> you know, I never had to have those dreams, you know. And every time I go back to Lummi, you know, I'll stay at the casino mm-hmm. or at a relative's, and I'll have those dreams again, man. It's funny. <laughs> it's a little spooky. I'm like, man, I hope I just don't walk out in my car and boom, he's right there. Like, yeah. Where you been? You know, <laughs> where's my salmon? <laughs> yeah, you missed us. You spoiled us. Yeah. Like they said to me up in Chehalis, don't mm-hmm. don't feed them; they'll become a pest. Yeah, I'm like, well, some of us want to have that pest, but <laughs> I was I was doing it because they're in the backyard anyhow, and sure, you know, I want to at least uh, let them know I'm. I'm down to chill with them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly, I, I think it certainly sweetens the deal, like makes them, uh, makes you a part of their circuit. But I guess that's the liability, right? Is once you've got to quit, they, you know, they, to them, it's just like, what? As soon as, I don't know who or where, I remember hearing it somewhere that they were saying that we are its entertainment mm-hmm. ever since i heard that man i've been the hilarious guy in the woods all along <laughs> letting them laugh trying to make them laugh yeah you know spookiness out of the air because sometimes you walk into that heavy thick yeah um, you know and uh because i know what i know through the shamans i just i have to breathe deep and mm-hmm. indulge in, 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 in that and in, in just get get in with that you know and and, uh, and let the fear overcome you just let it go by you you know mm-hmm. and that will ease the tension in the air of them fearing you and you fearing it but mainly us fearing it right right and so these are the emotions that I had to deal with. Um, several times, mm-hmm. several times you, when you're all out there all alone and you're just, uh, you, you want answers, man. You know, yeah. you're seeking answers. What, what better way to get an answer? Just go straight to the source where you're told not to go to and you go to anyway. If they're there, well, why are we hiding them, man? Why, why are we, why are we kind of like, uh, not sharing this is awesome cultural stuff you know this is real important teachings the mm-hmm. uh, the missed opportunities so many times yeah it's unbelievable yeah I think so. they, they can actually become one of the teachers of 
of how to be around these creatures because they're there and they've been there. Mm-hmm. And I think they put away their ancient songs for a long time, Brent. Wow. Yeah, this tribe had put away the wild woman songs and their ceremonial songs mm-hmm. for a long time. Wow. Until, like, recently. You know, they now have a full uh, costume made up, and they never... I think the the original one got put away after certain things had happened. Oh, okay. And so now I think after, you know, I don't know. I I hope I'm not to blame, but (laughs) maybe (laughs) I am. I know. Love Me Bigfoot songs finally resurfaced. Oh, cool. And they started uh, performing the sacred dances with it, uh, which is really powerful for me because growing up there you know my dad's a shaman he's involved in the culture 24 7 all through my upbringing mm-hmm. and sacrifice you know most children get to go and have fun with their friends well when we show up our friends we'd all have to go cut wood together <laughs> eat some chores together <laughs> yeah instead of playing uh, we had to go we had to learn learn cultural stuff together as one and um, do our part, mm-hmm. you know, like a well, our, uh, well machine army crew. Right. You know, teaching their kids from as soon as they can walk. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know. let me ask you, first I got a couple of questions. Now, you had said that the songs, the Bigfoot songs are coming back. What were, what is the, the reason those songs were developed are they to honor that part of your um that part of the the lamination that environment the fact that they're they sing praises to them or what is the purpose of the songs it's it's man i'm gonna tell you this one night one night i get a call from one of the uh ceremonial sacred leaders he's he's a big dude big wig mm-hmm. it, it's in cultural stature he's he's one of the dudes that are at the top his family has a long house and they create new dancer new new uh shaman and and they have that special authority Mm -hmm. he calls me up he goes bro and we sweat lodge a lot i sweat lodge with a lot of spiritual leaders man Mm -hmm. a lot i was like almost more Five, six times a week, man. <laughs> uh, sitting there sweat lodging, you know, and praying and singing songs and just sharing. And they know who I am. They know my family is. My family is one of the oldest families there, too. Mm. You know, so, but I'm not. Um, my dad died before he could give me up to the shaman so they could take me oh. into the shaman um, way of. Uh, living forever mm-hmm. and so but because i'm a son it's like i still have the full right to be oh. around but there's certain things i'm not able to do mm-hmm. which limitates me but i'm a good worker and a good helper mm-hmm. and i know what's going on and so <clears throat> what happened is um 
one of the spiritual leaders was having their nightly gathering, you know, at their longhouse. Probably a hundred people there. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably like 10 o'clock at night. He gives me a call because of what had happened. Just part of the call. Um, Bigfoot came out of the woods and uh, opened up their their door to their longhouse. Looks like a big garage door, but it's on hinges. Mm -hmm. It's all cedar plank. All these longhouses are very old man i mean the the timbers come from hundreds of years old man wow okay and the planks are just replaced as they need be sure so these are all hand carved planks and it's a spiritual house and called the long house okay and, uh, they have uh, fires burning inside them and they're doing their ending rituals and uh, visitors, family visitors from other um, coastal Salish nations show up. Mm. So there's a few hundred people gathering usually, and they travel all on their own to get to these places. So there's hundreds of cars out there. And so he says, come, can you come check it out, bro? This uh, the big man came and opened up the door, looked in. We all looked at it, <laughs> looked, stared at us for about probably two minutes. Wow. Everybody just stopped. Everything just stopped immediately. Nobody screamed or nothing. <laughs> and then it slammed the door closed, and then walking off, it it clotheslined the double um, handicap um, porta potty, knocked it over. Wow. You know how big the quarter potties are yeah. for the, yeah. the, the handicap? They're, they're kind of like a little bedroom almost. Yeah. <laughs> it, it freaking clotheslined it and knocked it over. Oh, my God. And then it stopped back into the woods and he goes, can you come check it out, bro? <clears throat> so I was usually scared to be around the time when the shamans gathered. Mm-hmm. Because they could easily just take me, yank me out of my car and truck, and put me through a three-month um, um, sacred uh, ritual uh-huh. to indict me into their shaman brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Shamans. Um, I was always afraid of that because some of the older leaders, we're going to take you tonight, boy. <laughs> you better not be around. Uh-oh. Better not come to the smoke. You know, they'd... You know, so anyway, I went there, all the shaman were in there, there you can hear the drums beating and they were singing and, and I told, I text Anton, I'm here outside mm-hmm. and I, you know, when I went there, I always go there locked and loaded. Mm-hmm. I say, that means my thermal's already on and it's mm-hmm. ready to press record. Oh. Uh, or take pictures, whatever I wanted to do. Right. And so, I, and it's really hard to drive because I got one eyeball on the scope <laughs> and one eyeball on the road. <laughs> and so I had to drive this way many times and uh, tracking this all over. Uh-huh. And uh, I drove in hot, and I, I caught it. I caught the top. I'd say from um, mid chest up. 
Mm-hmm. It had been, you know, I was like, wow, this thing, how come I'm only seeing half of it? I'm seeing, you know, it's winter time, mm-hmm. and the sticker brush that it was behind, um, all the leaves are gone, and I could see just a faint heat of the body. Oh, okay. like The top part where the shoulder and head were. Mm-hmm. A lot of, it looks like a light, light bulb color, you know, nice and bright. Mm-hmm. A lot of heat to it. And uh, I pulled in and it looked, and it, I, I swear to God, man, I swear to God, they their vision at nighttime is like daytime. They could see yeah. just like daytime at nighttime. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. I really swear to God. I really bet my... I, I bet all my money on that. Yeah, um, I agree. Their eyes, they could see just as well at night as in daytime mm-hmm. because of what I've experienced. Sure. What I've seen, what I've encountered. Mm-hmm. When I saw it, when I pull, come pulling in, I'm in my, I have a big, tall monster truck, so I'm able to see over the brush. Oh. I keep pulling in, and, and, and I'm looking at it, and it's around 20, 30 yards away okay. in the breath. As soon as I pull in, um, of course, I have no lights. I pull in with no lights because I can see with right. my thermal camera. <clears throat> and then as uh, soon as that um, smokehouse door opened, their long house, log house, Mm-hmm. door open you can see the body just sink down like uh-huh. okay it's squatted down but and i i already know what these bushes already look like because i've been to their house uh-huh. in the afternoons mm-hmm. and i'm like man wonder what the hell how the hell did he disappear because uh-huh. if i got down on my knees i could actually see through the brush a little too because uh-huh. all the leaves are gone and so I didn't see. I'm like, yeah. So um, I told Anton it, it was over there, just dipped down. And he goes, oh, it's probably going back out to the outside of the woods. And I I know what he's talking about because I already have all this. I have the lamination in. I had it mapped out. So many different maps I've built just so I'm a familiar with what's on the other side of those trees or, right. or, um, you know, why the trees taller in the middle, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so I know the topography of this land really well. Okay. And so when you tell me it's going back out by the outside tree line, um, because he's hiked around there and he's kind of like poked around a little himself. So I already knew what I was going to do. I had to go and uh, jump in my Hummer. I had to go home. I go, you know what? I got to go home and jump in the rig. And I'm going to go out to the farm fields. And so I went over, went home, grabbed my Hummer, because it's all set up for driving without lights on. And I head out to uh, the cornfields, which is just a few miles down the road. And it's like entering his backyard, but through uh, another wilderness area. Um, where there's the, the the beach, the ocean, and big old clearing field where farmers farm, you know. 
<clears throat> so I drove my Hummer out there because that truck's supposed to not get stuck, you know, <laughs> which is a bunch of BS. I've gotten stuck <laughs> so many times. <laughs> I did. I had to have this army dude that was in the army show me how to get unstuck in the damn thing. And, oh. and it worked. So oh, okay. I didn't know that before I met this guy. But um, <laughs> yeah, I went out to the cornfields and I sat out there with my uh, thermo viewer and my parabolic dish. <clears throat> and so I'm on the other side of the tree wood line. It's probably a good tenth of a mile thick full of trees before it goes into a clearing where I was at. So I can actually hear all the powwowing music coming out of their longhouse drumming. And um, I'm sitting there and I'm just recording, observing, looking. And um, this after this one person's song stopped, um, they, the shaman start drumming for another one and then I start hearing a uh, a tapping with another stick, but it was in the woods. It was mm. tapping on a, a log or a, I think maybe a, a, a tree. Maybe it was just standing up, tapping on the tree with another stick, mm-hmm. trying to copy the Indians and their drumming. Oh. And so when that song started ha- drumming, it had a drum beat like this, and I could hear the stick. Um, a little bit out of rhythm, but the same beat, man, oh, with cool. the drums. That's really cool. And I started to cry then because, man, that was spiritual touching. Like, wow, man. If I was that shaman in that building and they're singing my song as I'm dancing, man, you got a big man following your vibe, man. Wow. <laughs> He's vibing with your vibe. That's and really to cool. Me, that's like wilderness medicine, you know? Yeah, yeah. She could that shaman much more prayer strength or, or you know, just just a good feeling to be about, you know? That's really so powerful, you know? I record just a couple of seconds of it because to me, man, I already know what the shaman songs are about for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not polite to record their song. Oh, sure. Uh, you, you can harm them uh, by having their song recorded, oh. and, and things bad spirits can happen to you too. The one that recorded it. Oh, sure. Yeah, we don't want to tempt that, but uh, I just think it's very powerful. You know. Yeah, it was. It was Brent. It really was, man. And now, do you think that, given the long history that your nation has with these beings? Do you think that that's uh, made you perhaps more approachable to them? Because I'm sure they are also aware of a long history with your people. Um, so do you think that perhaps you're, you're interacting and having so much more experience because this is, uh, you know, it's a tradition between your people and these beings from the forest. Whereas, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but it just seems to me. Okay. It does to me. Okay. It does to me, but because I'm from these other reservations that are also Bigfoot tribes, because of that knowledge from those areas, and I apply it to the knowledge from there, <clears throat> and what I was told to by some of the older people from 
the Staels Nation up in Canada, they've probably been very lonely creatures for a long time oh. without interaction with human beings. Uh, I think, well, I don't want to even say what I think. I just want to say what I felt. Mm-hmm. What I felt was a warm feeling after my terror, my my own fears. When that died, a different feeling came to replace that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> how it died was because I was so freaked out and getting hit. Your body will always have a memory of that infrasound hit that I always used on me. Yeah. Maybe they all have that little way of, of scrambling our human chemistry a little bit to where it's imprinted, imprinted in our spirit in a way wow. where we probably react different and not even know it psychologically. And subliminally, you probably can. You could probably um, learn to feel these um, things of these things and mm-hmm. kind of brought me into that little word, little uh, understanding too, because of how did I get face pictures? How did I, why did it let me have mm-hmm. its image? Right. Well, why did it let me have its image? Mm-hmm. And they saw no harm from you because. They probably knew I was scared as hell. <laughs> but yet at the same time, I wanted to, I was seeking answers. Yeah. I was, you know, I wanted to know. Sure. And, uh, it's so a- the few times I got to see him, Brent, mm-hmm. I'm satisfied. I'm yeah. pretty well satisfied, man. I know what's out there. Thank you so much for being a part of tonight's episode. We appreciate you guys coming in and checking out, downloading. If you're listening on uh, on iTunes or Stitcher, please leave us a review. It really helps us out a bunch, uh, especially if you love what you're hearing. <laughs> that always helps a bunch. Uh, but uh, thank you to all of you who continue to spread the word about the Paranormal Portal and letting other people know. It's been fantastic meeting all kinds of new listeners that are hearing about the show from all of you. So my heart goes out to all of you. Thank you so much. If you ever want to see us do a live stream of the Paranormal Portal, Don and I uh, do live streams on YouTube. And you can check us out at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. In fact, there's over 850 episodes over there for your viewing pleasure. If you want to check it out, you need a little more of the Paranormal Portal. We got more for you. So uh, please follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio. And check out the Paranormal Portal Fans group on Facebook. And that's Paranormal Portal Fans. It's a great uh, listener-run group, and it's been fantastic. Uh, I go over there regularly as well and, and take part of the conversations whenever I can. So, uh, But thank you all for all of your support and love and take care of each other. We love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice, take care of each other, help each other out, find the magic in every day, and remember to laugh as much as you can. Good night, everybody.